Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just wanna ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. We love church family. I want to welcome you to our first and hopefully annual marriage conference. This is session one, where we are opening up, like, like we're pulling back the sheets, and we're dealing with the raw issues of marriage. And the reason why we're doing this is because we know both statistically and experientially that so many of us are struggling in our marriages. Or if we're not struggling, we know of couples who are struggling in our marriages. And I just believe as a church, we have been called to be relevant and to provide practical tips and tools and things that people can do so that they can have and experience a thriving marriage. Yes, we preach the gospel, and yes, we want to talk about what Christ has done for us and all of that, but that gospel also makes a difference in our marriage. It also makes a difference in how we treat one another. And so over this next weekend, we are dealing specifically with marriage goals and what that looks like. And we have in total four presenters who are going to come, one tonight and three on tomorrow, and you're not going to want to miss it. Now, I just want to tell you, tonight, tonight's presentation is by Shannon and Shirley Austin, and they have a story to tell of how they were able to survive multiple affairs, how they were able to survive just the, the worst that you can possibly imagine marriage can get, and how God, through his grace, was able to restore them and to bring them back. And so we're going to start off talking about how to affair-proof your marriage. Now, some of you all may be wondering, why are we starting off with affair-proofing our marriage? Like, why not start off first with, like, communication and then deal with affairs later? I just want to tell you, like, we're struggling out there. Right, we're struggling in these streets. And so we wanna just give you the raw, real content that I believe will really help elevate and empower and equip you to have a thriving marriage. Now, this particular presentation, like they don't hold back. They deal with some of the raw issues. And so I think most of it is, is uh, age appropriate. And if you have kids around, I don't think that they would be too bothered. But I just want you to know that they deal, they do deal with some very, you know, real issues in their marriage. And, they, and they, they're open with it. And the language that they use is very raw. And so just be forewarned. But I think we have to be this real. I think too often we sugarcoat our situation and we baptize it in like comfortable language and we're not just real with how we're feeling and what we're going through. And so I want to encourage you to grab your spouse, to send this link to a family member or friend who's married or that you know is thinking about marriage because this conversation that we're about to have, that they're about to have with us, is really something that we all need to hear. Now, if you are married, this is going to add a lot of value for you. If you are thinking about marriage, you definitely need to listen to this session. If you've been married and you're now divorced, I still think that this conversation will add so much value to you. And so I want you to sit back and I want you to engage in this conference because we've done this for you and we want you to know that we love you, you belong here, we're thinking about you, we're praying for your marriages, and we want to do everything we can to position you to thrive in your relationships. Let's pray together. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you just for this opportunity that you've given us to gather in our homes, but yet still virtually to talk about marriage and what it is and how we can affair-proof our marriage. Man, the reason why we have to think about conversations like these and have these conversations is because affair is real. So many couples, their homes are being broken and destroyed because of infidelity. We've been there. We've experienced it. We've seen it some firsthand. God, we want to be restored from it. And we believe that even if it's something we're currently wrestling with, or maybe not we're wrestling with, but it may be on the horizon that we can put safeguards in place that will keep us in your grace. And so, Lord, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to fall upon every listener, every person who's watching this, whether it's now live or whether it's a week from now, a month from now, or a year from now, and that when they come away from this presentation, they would have some practical things they can do to move their marriage forward. So, Lord, we thank you, and we invite you into this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, Relove Church family. Hello. I am Shannon. And I'm Shirley. And we are the team at Marriage Inc. And we are so happy that Pastor Seth invited us to your 2021 marriage conference. We are so excited to be here. We're just we're just a, an ordinary couple that are that have been through extraordinary things. And we just are here to share with you. Um, just, you know, a, a little bit of something that could help you know, grow your marriage. Um, we didn't do it right uh, the first, uh, the, the, well, I didn't do it right the first time because this is my second marriage, right? But we didn't do it right because our focus was so much on ourselves. Our focus was on uh, what about me? What about me? What about me? And what about me killed was killing yes. our relationship yeah. just flat out yeah. it was killing our relationship we were very very selfish very very self-centered mm -hmm. and um as a result we experienced a lot of pain as a result of that we did i mean you know the the what we're bringing to you today is called the anatomy of an affair and you know some of the things we'll share with you is how we both ended up in an affair, mm -hmm. you know, and the root of that really is selfishness. And, you know, our goal is just to share with you that some some of the tools that God gave us to um, reconnect us. Yes. Right. And so, listen, even if you haven't had an affair, you're not thinking about an affair, um, you know, we're near it and your relationship is great. What we're going to be sharing with you today can still be just as impactful because it's not just about reconnecting you, but just helping you to have deeper connections. Deeper connections. Deep, yep. it, 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 these deep connections are, are is something that can really, really cause a significant damage. And it is, it is like termites in, in the wood, in your framing. It is like water running through your foundation. You don't really see it right away, mm -hmm. but once it's exposed, it can cause so much, so much, so much damage. So we're going to be, we want to give you guys a peek into what an affair looks like, how it develops, how it grows, things of that nature. And then these will be the breadcrumbs that you guys follow 
So either if you're coming back from this type of a situation or so you don't ever have to get to it. Right. So we just want to do some quick housekeeping. This is where you can find us on Facebook, um, uh, Marriage Incorporated. Of course, our Facebook group is Marriage Inc. Life, Love and Marriage. And you can also find us on Instagram at Marriage Inc. At Marriage Inc. Uh, one of the focuses that we're going to have to have is on being hot, what we call hot. Mm-hmm. Hot is honest, open, and transparent. You got to be honest with uh, and open and transparent with yourself, with each other, with God. Like it would be a fruitless conversation if you were not being honest with each other. Yeah. It, it yeah. would. It what 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 would what purpose would right. that serve? Right. If you're not going to talk and, but I get it. I get people are afraid to be vulnerable. Yes. People are afraid to expose those, the deepest, darkest crevices in our hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. But in order to heal. Yes. In order to grow. In order to, um, to really, really thrive in your marriage. One of the things you have to be willing to do is be honest, open, and transparent. Yeah, that, listen, that was one of the things that we had a challenge doing, right? Especially me. Like Shannon, Shannon, for the most part, you know, that's just not an issue of his. Shannon was actually extremely <laughs> forthright and honest and open about who he was and what, he's so silly, and what he brought to the table. Um, but because of my level of immaturity, I was not able to, um, receive your truth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the fears of being honest, open, and transparent, mm-hmm. right? That fear of being judged, yes. of being misunderstood, of being looked at as, you know, what's what's wrong with you? Like something's wrong with you. Right. Ooh. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. And so, um, you know, in being honest, open, and transparent, you must create the environment for your spouse to feel comfortable enough to even do that. You must create that yeah. environment. Right. Because see, when, when I did, I didn't do that with you. Mm-mm. And what happened was as honest and open as Shannon was, he began to pull back and retreat. I closed, I closed, closed myself off. Right. Because I showed you that you couldn't be trusted. You, I could not be trusted. Yeah. 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 So, so we got, you got to understand the trans, for you to have a product, for us to have a productive dialogue, for this to be to work, we gotta be transparent. We have to be transparent. Um, so let's we're we're asking the question. We're like, what's wrong? Like, what is the thing that um, that 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 draws us to this topic? And I just want to read just a few um, uh, uh, statistics, right? Uh, so the divorce rate in America is 50% for first marriages, 50% for first marriages. That's in, that's the movie Endgame, <laughs> right? Uh, and for second marriages, it, the, the percentage increases to 67%. On to third marriages, it increases to 74%. And, and, and so here you have like a, a, a thing of uh, of epidemic at least mm-hmm. at the least mm-hmm. 
epidemic proportions. Like we're dealing with a pandemic now. And imagine if the numbers of deaths was 50% of the adults or or people, or or, or let's say people above the age of 18. If 50% of the people above the age of 18 were just dropping dead, we would, our world would be in an uproar, right? We saw it played out in Avengers Endgame, how devastating it was for 50% of the people to go away. So 50% of marriages are just going away, right? And there's, we're not talking about those things that cause the, the, the erosion of the marriage relationship. It's, it's become just another thing. Yes. Right. It's not looked at as a pandemic. Right. Like no. How we're how no. we're viewing COVID. No. But it really is because when you look at marriage and the long term effect of a divorce, mm-hmm. you will begin to really see that this this. This is deadly. It's the psychological long-term effects. Yes. It's the economic Economic. Mm long-term effects. Mm -hmm. It is the sociological long-term effects. Our society is being eroded. The the thing that makes us strong, Mm -hmm. it's the family unit that makes us strong as a nation, as a world, as a community, as a village. It's the family, it's the parents, and then it's the kids, and it's it's the multiple sets of parents and kids that make a community strong. And and as a result, but but 50, here in the States, and I don't know what the statistics are uh, uh, worldwide, but here in the States, that's 50%. And we're 300 million strong, you know, let's say a third of that is, is, are, are, are people that are of married, uh, marriage age. We know they're not that many marriages, but of marriage age and 50% of them are dying. It's, 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 it's it's heartbreaking one. Mm -hmm. And two, God is not pleased. Mm -hmm. God don't like it. God has a deep aversion. The Bible, we were, we're going to about to read that the Bible talks about God having a deep aversion to divorce. And, and there's some texts that are in the Bible that people have utilized to explain away divorce, right. like to be able to justify divorce. But there is another text um, uh, uh, in, in the Bible that talks about how God feels about divorce. Mm-hmm. And it's Malachi 2.16. It says, the Lord, the God of Israel says, I hate divorce and I hate the cruel things men do. So protect your spiritual unity. Mm-hmm. Don't cheat on your wife. So God, that's God talking, first of all. Right. And he just, he's like, I don't like this. I don't like you guys manipulating and using, you know, how I, how I feel and, and what I've said about certain things. I, I said that. Uh, I told you guys that you could get a divorce in the in the case of adultery because your hearts were hard because I knew that you didn't have the grace that I have. And 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 mind you, right, every we're not saying that there's there's no case for right, divorce. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But come on, y'all. Some folks is getting divorced. Some of the coach, some of the couples that we coach 
when we hear what they're going through and it's like, now come on, y'all. Right. Right. right? And then we start sharing our yeah. road yeah. and and we start sharing our journey. It's like, how, how do you, how do you think, are you really even giving, um, uh, yourself fully to this process? Right. And, and listen, as believers, what are we saying about what God can and cannot do? Right. Um, I think it was Pastor Jones. What did he say to you about faith? Well, 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 well here's a well, I don't remember exactly what he said, but the premise of what, <laughs> so the premise of what he said, like the divorce is the ultimate acceptance of the fact that God God can't do everything. Premise of what he said, right? Yep. <laughs> that, that God can't do everything. Right. Like it's, it's like, it, oh, you could do that. You could pay my bills. You can you can take you care know, of the you bills. Can, yeah. You, you can, can you can raise people can, from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. Right. You can you, you can, can help. You can. I'm. There are folks that are praying for people that are on sick beds right now, now with COVID. Come on now. And some of these people, not all of them, but some of these people have been healed. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But God can't heal your divorce. God, God can't heal your man. marriage. Right. Mm-mm. God can't do nothing. So, so, so the only uh, choice I have is to um, is to uh, get a divorce. Mm-hmm. There's some of you guys that that are listening right now. Y'all not even nowhere close to divorce. Y'all not close to divorce at all. Mm-hmm. But please hear what I'm saying because that that out is always looming yes. in the background. Yes. It is always a pot that is simmering on the stove yes. on low. And all you got to do is crank the heat, heat up on it. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is turn it up. And all you need is the right combination of marital uh, uh, a discord. Yeah. And and that heat on that divorce pot is yes. turned up, yeah. cranked up. You're, you're starting to ask yourself, what did I do? Mm-hmm. What, what mistake did I make? We must not be compatible. We must this not be must compatible. Not be meant to be. God, we, I wasn't. I, I wasn't hearing from God. I went off on my own. God didn't tell me to do right. this. Like these are the things that if you're not thinking, if you're not aware, if you're not conscious in, in everything, in your complete approach to your marriage relationship, mm-hmm. you will run up and find yourself in this place mm-hmm. and asking yourself, how did you get here? Right. right? So we know, we, we know that infidelity is one of the leading uh, reasons why people get divorced. Mm-hmm. It is up there in the top, you know, top five. You got money, you got infidelity, you have uh, 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 being unfulfilled sexually, you have communication. Thinking you're not compatible. Right? I mean, but Children, I mean, the, yeah. I, I'm trying to shorten the list, but oh, I mean, the list just keeps yes, going sex, on, inf- yeah. on and on. And, 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 but infidelity is at the top, at the top yeah. right? And we, we, what we're finding is that infidelity, um, it's kind of like a cascading effect, like money and, and distress of uh, pressure or sickness, all of the vows yeah. for better or for worse, mm-hmm. for uh, in sickness and in health. Uh, uh, for, uh, for richer or for poor, like all of these yeah. things begin forsaking all others, like all of these things begin to kind of work together. And infidelity is oftentimes the end result, mm-hmm. the end result. And so um, 
Let's look at some more statistics. Um, it is estimated that roughly 30 to 60 percent of all married individuals in the United States will engage in infidelity at some point in their marriage. Mm, mercy. 30 to 60 percent. Mercy. That's that's 30 to 60 percent of relove church marriages mercy. is going to uh, uh, experience infidelity at some point in time uh, in, in their marriage relationship. Yeah. I don't know how many couples y'all have, and I know y'all. This is virtual, so you can look around. You can't look around at each other. You have to look at each other, and and discover if if you uh, if you fall into this category. Are you ripe? Mm -hmm. Right? Is the environment in your home ripe yes. for yeah. an affair? And, and let me say this: never say never. <laughs> never say never because nobody wakes up saying, you know what? When I get married, I'm going to have an affair. It doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. Something internally will hit you because things have shut down. Mm -hmm. Thought processes are changing. You're, you, you, you know, it could be you open yourself up to being on the web more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Having little conversations at work. Having Love, having the, work having work having spouses. Work spouses, right? <laughs> right? Loving the attention that you're getting. Mm -hmm. But you're like, I'll never have an affair. Right. But let me tell you something. That is nothing but a chain reaction to an affair. A chain reaction. Period. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. So never say never. That's why you have to guard and pro and put things in places, you know. Mm -hmm. to, to not go down that road. Let's look at some more stats. 38% of married people that profess to be born again Christians have also been divorced. Mm -hmm. So as much as God hates divorce, <laughs> it's married folks in here getting busy in the Burger King bathroom, <laughs> right? And then also there are folks that are getting divorced as a result. It's just flat out. It's like it's and and the fact that they have the fact that they have statistics on it mm -hmm. <laughs> that someone has done the empirical data has has, has done the empirical research that that has d d d delved deeply into this con it's, that's just alarming to me. But I get it. I get. I was there. I I left. I was out. I was gone. I left. Mm -hmm. I left Shirley and the boys and I was coming back to be with my boys and be a good father. But I was like, mm -mm. I had had enough. I had had enough of all the things that were, I thought were weighing me down and caused me to want to go in another direction. And I was going in another direction with another human being, with another woman. Mm -hmm. I, and it was, it was, it was devastating, but thank God, God turned all of that around and now we are here and we're here to help you, um, you know, keep this uh, from happening. Let's look at some more. Estimates of the combined probability that at least one member of a married couple will have an affair over the course of the marriage ranges from 40 to 76 percent. 40 to 76 percent. 
Listen, the, uh, our home church in, in Huntsville, uh, Madison, Alabama, when we look at how our church was decimated, yeah. how when the church started, it was alive and so many, it's still alive, don't get me wrong, but there were right. so many uh, couples and and everybody was having babies and 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 it was it was just such an alive mm-hmm. atmosphere and experience and just one by one yeah. by one by one they we fell by the wayside and and of those of that era i i could probably count on yeah. one hand oh, the yeah, amount absolutely. of or two hands the amount of uh, marriages that survived mm-hmm. yep. that that's in the church and that's just a small that's 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 just a small sample of what's going on inside of the church right and so something's happening and if right so we can make the assumption that there are people that are having financial struggles Mm -hmm. because that's one of the leading causes of divorce and the divorce rate within the church environment is high Mm -hmm. right we can understand that people are having an aff- affairs, mm-hmm. right? People are not sexually sex. Like you can go on and look within the church mm-hmm. construct and see who's satisfied, who's not satisfied, and why things are happening in the way they're happening, right? Uh, uh, our our marriage sexual relationship should mirror our relationship with Christ. What do you mean by that, um, uh, Shannon? Well. It, in our relate in in our relationship with Christ, He is the giver of salvation, and we are the receivers of salvation. Mm-hmm. There is a give and take that is going on. Mm-hmm. There uh, uh, there is a a a a, a kind of cyclical process mm-hmm. that that draws us closer to Christ because there is something that He's offering us that we can't get anywhere else. We can't get it from anywhere. We cannot get salvation from anywhere. And so in that relationship, you have uh, um, a a give and take relationship. And we have even a further uh, 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 evolution of the give and take. And it is, but for this presentation, we're talking about give and take. But we have just sidebar. Mm-hmm. We right. have an approach called the give and give, right? right? So you know, relationships are about give and take, mm-hmm. right? And this is what give and take can look like. It's not not in all situations, but in some uh, non divine thought processes, mm-hmm. give and takes looks like this. Mm-hmm. But give and give looks like this. There is a a, a, center, a momentum that is generated when you give and you give. And see, if I'm only if I only concern myself with meeting Shirley's needs, give, and she's only concerned about meeting my needs, give. That creates a give and give, and the give and give creates momentum, right? And so that didn't have much to do with this presentation. But well, it's important. It, 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 no, it, it doesn't. I mean, in, in context, the give and take, right? We get it. But 
when we are talking to our couples, which we're talking to couples, you want to have a give and give. You don't want to have a give and take. That's very important Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we give and then we're sitting there and we're waiting. Well, when are you going to give? And so that's what we have learned in our coaching process. Like, okay, this give and take, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. With Christ, yes, that's different. Yes. But when you are dealing with one another, your focus should be to simply give. This other spouse, give. And when we're doing that, nobody's sitting there thinking about, okay, now wait, I gave, now I'm waiting on you. Mm-hmm. That's why it is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in, in, in the context of give and take, we look at what the ultimate sacrifice, right? John three sixteen, Um, and it says, yes, God loved the world. This is the easy to read version. God loved the world so much that he gave mm-hmm. his only son that everyone who believes in him would not be lost, but have eternal life. It, it was, it is in that giving. And when you, when you, when you look at when the Bible talks about husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, mm-hmm. it is that giving. Mm-hmm. It is that sacrifice. It is that understanding of, of who I am as it relates to who Shirley is. And I am willing to make an ultimate sacrifice. And remember, it, it, guys, I want to let you know this. It was the church that killed Christ. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life. It was the church that killed Christ. It wasn't the Romans. The Romans were the, the, the tool, were, were the, were, was the weapon, right? But it was, it was the church that was in that courtyard saying, crucify him. Give us Barabbas and crucify Christ. That was in the church. And so the fact this is the ultimate, one of the most amazing acts of love that God gave his son to us. Right. So in a relationship, you have uh, the giver and the receiver. But both, remember, in the give, give, you have a giver and you have a receiver. But remember, in the marriage ink construct, it's a give and give. So it, this process is just happening over and over. I'm giving, she's receiving, she's giving, I'm receiving. And that is just a cycle that is happening and healthy relationships grow from that. Um, so you, you, seed is, we have a saying, God is planting so in, into soil. We are the soil, right? In this particular uh, uh, example, I am sowing into Shirley. Shirley is the soil and I am the seed giver. And it's so interesting it is so interesting how she's the seed, she's the soil. It is so interesting how Christ um, um, made us, right? The way he made us, um, 
I have I have a penis, right? You have a vagina. Mm-hmm. You have a uterus. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, what what is described as seed, right. right? And so for us to have the two beautiful boys that we have, I had to plant my seed into Shirley. Mm-hmm. And trust me, she was fertile soil. You hear what I'm telling you? What I, what I mean? She the environment that she created that she was who she was as a human being, that environment was conducive for the growth and development of the seed that was planted in her, mm-hmm. right? And so you have uh, uh, you have the he that is the seed planter or the giver and the she that is the receiver. And here, guys, let me, let me share something with you. You got to understand... A woman is an incubator. Whatever you put in her, she's going to give back to you fully developed and grown, fully developed and grown. If you plant love in her, she's going to give you back love multiplied. If you plant uh, 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 security in her, she's going to give you back security multiplied. If you plant in her mistrust, she is going to give you back mistrust multiplied. Mm-hmm. You get it, right? So you got to understand whatever you, if you're, if you're experiencing something, it's not all your fault, right. but if you're experiencing something from your wife, you have to look at the seeds that you planted. You're not going to put apple seeds in the ground and get orange trees. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. If you plant apple seeds, you're going to get apple trees. And so you don't look at her as like, where is this coming from? Who are you? Why are you treating me like this? No, this is a part of the atmosphere that you created and vice versa. Ladies, you know, although we're using a patriarchal, matriarchal kind of a, a, a analogy, but it, it, remember in the give and give, whatever you plant in him, he is going to give you back, not as grown, but he's going to give it back to you, right? Because we are not incubators. We are uh, producers. We are multipliers. We can, if you give us something, we we are creators so we can create from that thing, right? That's the divine purpose that we have. So you have to see like where, where you are, what you are planting in your spouse, you have to begin to identify. If you're seeing something, you need to go back and look mm-hmm. and say, where did these seeds come from? Mm-hmm. Did they come from my lack of healing? Mm-hmm. Did they come from my lack of uh, of self-worth and confidence? Right. right, because listen, a lot of this stuff, um, it's not just what your spouse is bringing to the table. It's what you brought into the marriage, mm-hmm. you know, that, mm-hmm. that has gone undealt with. So let's talk about how to fix it. We really want you guys to be able to um, like incorporate these three C's into how you uh, 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 maintain your marriage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so um, you want to connect, you want to change, and you want to create, mm-hmm. um, um, connect. How, how, what are ways, what, what does this connect 
thought process, babe. When, I mean, you know, the, the connection, that's, that is talking, that is exploring, breaking down what, what is, what's going on with us, mm-hmm. right? When you can get to the root of the issues, that's when you can start to bridge the gap and to begin to connect. I mean, spending that time with one another. Mm-hmm. This, I'm telling you, when someone speaks their truth to you, when your spouse, not someone, when your spouse speaks your truth, their truth to you, does it hurt? It absolutely can hurt. But guess what else? You can heal. Mm-hmm. And you have to begin to reframe your thinking if you are going to connect, if you are going to change, and if you are going to create. You have to stop being afraid of what your spouse may say to you, mm-hmm. of how your spouse may feel. Mm-hmm. You can't, and, and that was one of the things. You shared something with me, and I couldn't even accept that you felt that way. So what happened? You continued to feel that way, mm-hmm. and that continued to disconnect connect us mm-hmm. right and so you want to do the things that you know will bring the connection and that's being able to really be honest with one another and to not judge each other's honesty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes have thicker skin absolutely mm-hmm. so so but we want you guys to also understand did you like for this for this process to happen you have to understand how your spouse is wired mm-hmm if you don't understand your, the wiring of your spouse, if you don't understand three very important things, how your spouse is wired, what their love primary love languages are, and what their version is. If you do not understand these things, you don't have a full knowledge of your spouse. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that knowledge, you cannot connect. connect. You mm-hmm. cannot change. Right. You cannot create. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to do anything. It, any of this, mm-hmm. right? And and it starts with under. See, when you have an understanding of this wiring that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. now I can understand that Shirley is a particular way because that's who she is, mm-hmm. not because she's doing something to, to me. Right. And I used to think, oh, you're doing this to me, and no, this is how she is wired, and I must consider. In my interactions with her, her wiring. Right. So when I, when I, you know, Shannon used to say all the time, one of the biggest issues was that I was not a communicator. Mm-hmm. Right. And Shannon is a great communicator. Come to find out, it's not that I'm not a communicator, but I am a processor. Processor, yes. So when Shannon would bring the issues to the table, I would retreat. And I wanted to talk and he right now. To talk right now, but I needed to process, mm-hmm. right? And for years, guys, he, we, neither of us understood. Like I knew that I, I just got to think about it. Let me think. I have to think about it. But it's deep when this is literally how I'm wired. And look, I'm thinking her processing is her being sneaky. Um, uh, uh, conniving, manipulative. Um, manipulative, or whatever. I was like, what, what is there to think about? Let's like, we're right here. Let's, we're talking. Let's mm-hmm. talk about it. I didn't know that she needed the time to process. And so when I brought her some, I, now if I bring her something, it is not, oh, let's talk about it right now. Now it's, now she don't want to talk about it right now because she is growing and, and being able to morph and deal with me. But I don't force 
the, the, like we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about it right now. Right. Yeah. Do you absolutely. find that to oh, be yeah. true? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's look at some things. Let's look at some things that will help you uh, um, navigate this space and help you to operate within your spouse's wiring. Right. So one thing that you that you can have is you can have thicker skin, like stop taking stuff so serious. Personal. And I so mean, personal. personal, like, yeah, yeah. like it's, you're taking things like, but <laughs> I, I, now we're at the stage, but we've been married 24, 24 years, right? We are at the stage now that I can say to her about her cooking, like, babe, that's nasty. That doesn't taste good. And she'll say, okay, like, what do I need to change? Or what would you suggest? Or what would you like? Yeah. Or I won't make that anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? But her ability to just be able to say, all right, let's talk about it, you know, work it out. And and it's it's, it's so refreshing. It, it really is. It's so yeah. refreshing because it's like, ah, you know, it, it, it's something just like eating. Yeah. It's like you want to eat. You right. want to enjoy it. You're such a bomb cook. And, and I was about to say, it, this is the thing. I take my cooking. I'm a chef. Like, that's what I do. I cook. So... How many, what, like five, 10, 10 years ago, if you said something like that to me, oh Lord, I'm, I mean, I would have been so hurt and mm-hmm. devastated. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, he doesn't have to like it. He doesn't have to. Like, like that's that. your taste buds. They, they are mine. Yeah, right? So it's like, why am I going to take it personal? Right, right. So, so, so ha- have a thicker skin. All right. It might seem simple, but it, it ain't easy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's it's not easy, right? When someone's speaking frankly to you, depending on how your spouse is wired, if you're if you're married to a D who is very straightforward right. and and uh, 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 a doer and and and, and very uh, a matter of fact, and you're not like that, that that can rub you the wrong way. Right. So uh, so it's not you know easy at all. All right, uh, remember, like, come on, man. You're taking yourself too serious. It's not about you. Right. It's really about when dealing with each other, it is about the focus. Remember the give and give focus. If you think of things give and give, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about your spouse. And then she is thinking it's not about her. It's about Papa. So if it's she, about us and, and, and it's about a, us, we have a T-shirt that says we over me. That's what it is. Right. It's about it's we, about it's, it's the collective is it's more important than there the individual. Exactly. Right. And so it's not about you. It's not about your feelings, how you feel. Right. Because so many times we run our relationship based on how we feel, on how we feel. And we get lost on the facts of what's going on. And we get so caught up in those emotions yes. that we can't even think straight. Yeah. All right. You got to be willing to come to Shannon and Shirley <laughs> or whoever or whomever. Right. Whoever is you have to be willing to get the professional help that you need. Yeah. We know that in our community, that's not a thing. We do not do that. We do not seek help. And it is when we began to seek help mm-hmm. that we changed. I remember being in one session with our, with our such an amazing um, counselor, Renee Mobley. 
Yeah. So amazing. It was snot in my nose, snot on the floor, and it was all connected. I was just, mm. I was just releasing and dumping and just, Mercy. and and I had come to some understandings about myself, and it was not, it was ugly. Right. It was nasty. Yeah. And she was there to help guide us through this process. Shirley was navigating some spaces and she had to sit down with Renee and she had to say, baby girl, you got to see this and think this this particular way. This is how we were able to get to where we are now. It didn't just happen. We didn't just do it on our own. And we can't claim to say that we did it on our own. So, um, you know, just keep that professional help in mind. You have to stay connected to the herd. It is, it is, it is, it is in those situations when you see like on National Geographic, the lions that are hunting, they're hunting the wildebeest and they're trying to separate the weak ones from the herd because in the herd, there's strength. People just don't want to share. They're like, I don't want nobody to know my business. I don't want to, I don't want to keep, you know, mm -mm, uh -uh, I'm not telling nobody. I'm not. mm -mm." Nope. That mindset has is what has you caught up. Right. Because it's the accountability that keeps you on the front lines of 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 tackling your issues. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're in your own head, mm-hmm. I'm telling you you make some of the dumbest decisions mm-hmm. because you're justifying to yourself why you should do what you right. want to do that right. you shouldn't do. Right. But when you stay connected to people, yes. Stay connected. Have somebody who you can go to that you can. Um, we, we like this three, three, three things. We like to say, have a mentor, have a mentee and have a peer. Right. That mentor. That's that couple who seasoned mm-hmm. been married for years mm-hmm. and they believe in marriage. They, and have they believe a wonderful, in marriage. Healthy marriage. They have challenges, but they believe in marriages and they can tell you how to get through yes, they're ma'am. a great accountability tool and then the other two appear you know your your friends who but they also need to believe in marriage believe in me. that's because, the caveat right that's the caveat because when you bear your soul to them you don't need anybody to tell you something that feels good right, right. you need your friends to say no you are wrong. Your instincts. Your instincts. And you are wrong. And you are wrong. And you better get it together. Right. And right? then you must have the uh, the mentee, mm-hmm. right? So what that does is that someone that you can pour into, mm-hmm. someone that you could give advice to. And what that creates is a dynamic flow. Mm-hmm. Anything that does not give, it allows you to both give and receive. Right. You're receiving from your from the mentor Mm -hmm. and you're giving to the mentee and it's flowing through you and your peers. And if you do that, you create a dynamic living flow. Mm -hmm. Anything that does not give and receive dies. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So you must you this is so stay connected to the herd and and you must have this this set up this dynamic flow for your marriage relationship. And I just I just want to say this about the mentee, why it is really so important. I have found that because I have people who I mentor, Mm -hmm. it keeps me on my toes because I don't want to be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. That is a powerful accountability tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. So stay connected to the herd. Do not isolate. isolate. Same, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. 
Well, staying connected and not isolating can be two totally different things. You know, staying connected, you know, uh, and and then that do not isolate is that is can be very physical as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Just I'm not I'm not fooling with them. Mm -hmm. I don't fool with them like that. And you will find if when you're isolated, that that's when the devil can attack you the most ferociously. Mercy. That's when you don't have anywhere to run, anywhere to hide, anywhere to go. That's where, and no insulation. Mm-hmm. All right. So that stay connected and do not isolate pretty much the same wheelhouse. Um, now we have this thing that we, we, we like to tell our, uh, uh, our couples. You want to disconnect from the problems. You want to be able to first attack the problem, not the person. Right. Right. right? So when we deal with each other, we're dealing with the issue. We're not dealing with each other because when we deal with each other, we, 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 we become defensive mm-hmm. and, and, and it, it is a, a fertile breeding ground for contempt, contempt yes. and contempt and defensiveness are two of the four horsemen that will lead to the end of your relationship. Yes. All right. So, um, so what we say is don't focus on the problem, not the person. And then you want to be able to put the problems on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Disconnect from the problem. Mm-hmm. Be able to go out. Hey, listen, we tell people all the time, if y'all want to, if you want to just find one thing to connect, go out and get ice cream. Mm-hmm. That's right. Get an ice cream cone. You ain't never seen nobody fighting and eating ice cream. Mm-hmm. You ain't never seen nobody arguing. Right. It's really bad if you are arguing and, and eating ice and soft serve ice cream. Right. Or yogurt or yogurt. Right. But salsa because it's more fun. Right. But it, 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 it creates a kind of a kid like atmosphere, a more innocent approach to each other. And you can laugh. You can people watch. You can talk about things that don't have anything to do with the problems. And when you're having challenges, you really need moments like that, mm-hmm. because when the moment is always tense, Mm-hmm. What do you do? You will 100% of the time disconnect. Mm-hmm. You have to have moments where you can look at your spouse and say, man, that's why I married you. Mm-hmm. Like that's, this is what I love about you. This is what I want us to get back to. Right. Right. And so you have to have those friend moments. Right. Right. Yeah. Gotta have the friend moments. And then, um, You got to trust God. You have got Mm. to trust God. Like you got to believe that God is, um, is, uh, uh, will, will bring you through. Yes. Yes. I can't, I can't tell you my cries out to God and he answered my cry. Yeah. He, and he heard my cry and, 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 and I felt comfort. I felt that sense of his closeness, him being nearby. And you got to have that. If you don't have that, um, you've set yourself up for failure. Yeah. Would you agree? I, I absolutely would agree. Absolutely. We are only here, okay, because of God. Right. This is not of our own selves. Yes, we did the work, but the flesh does not want to do the work. No. There was something deeper in us that helped us to push through. Mm -hmm. And that was only God. 
That was God. That was God. Yeah. Just pure and simple. All right, let's look at our maintenance plan. All right, so we looked at what the problem was. What's wrong? We're looking at this divorce, this these divorce statistics. We know that's crazy. We shared our story. You understand where, you know, things that have happened to us and how we've tried to navigate and what have you. Um, and uh, so now we want to like, okay, what do we do? How do we, how do we work on this, Shannon? So um, let's talk about it. First of all, you have NJL. NJL. What NJL is, is non-judgmental listening. You have to be able, for you to know what's wrong, you got to be able to hear. Yes. But most of us don't, do not listen to, to, in, to ingest the mm-hmm. information, absorb the information, and understand the information. Most of us are listening to respond. Oh, that's it. We are, we are, we are, we are looking for those catchphrases. We're mm-hmm. looking for where we can jump in. Right. We are playing double Dutch with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the our only focus is, okay, let me, let me, let me poke a hole in her theory. Mm-hmm. Let me see where she's wrong. Let's see where she's going to mention something wrong. Mm-hmm. And then I can jump on it right away. And you want to be able to listen non-judgmentally. You don't want to frame any judgments about what is being said. Mm-hmm. You want to listen. You want to reflect. Mm-hmm. Reflecting is when your spouse says something to you and say, let, let me, let me, and you repeat back to them what they've right. said. Let me make sure I understand. Let me, what is this saying. what you're saying? Cause you this is what I heard. What Right. Right. So, you know, uh, we don't want to give you a script, right. but these are some of the things that you can say in order to reflect what your spouse yeah, is listen, saying. Ask, ask questions. Ask questions. When do in doubt. Make, do, right. Do not make statements. That, that, that's one of the tools that we have used, and it has been extremely successful with our couples. They are, they are pulling back from making statements because nine times out of ten, the statements are being reactionary, mm-hmm. right? It's not the responding that's the problem because when you respond, you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But when you react, that's mm-hmm. that immediate thing, mm-hmm. right? Ask questions. Go on. I like to say, be an explorer, go mm-hmm. on an exploration about what, when your spouse shares something with you, let me explore it. Let me ask every question I can so I, I can have a full understanding of what is going on. And not in a smart alecky no. way, but in, in an in inquisitive way. Yes. You want to really want to get to the, to the substance of, of what, what is being yes. said, right? All right. So non-judgmental listening. Guys, I got to say this to you. Every touch from your girl does not mean she wants to be poked by your dick. It just doesn't. Every, you don't have, Shirley is shapely. I don't need to be touching her butt every time. She's not an object. She is my wife. I can enjoy that side of her. But she is so much more to her than that. And when I touch her, I need to touch her as a human being first, mm-hmm. not an object for my sexual pleasure and, 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 and my enjoyment. Although that's a part of it as well. That's a part of marriage. Mm-hmm. But if that's your only focus when you're, t- oftentimes women are like, Hey, I, hey, 
I know that this is not, this is leading to something mm-hmm. and, and they don't, and so they don't touch you. And especially you men that have, um, uh, physical touch as a, uh, as a love language, you have to learn to separate non-physical, non-sexual affection. Mm-hmm. And affection is physical, mm-hmm. right? It's physical. You have to be able to separate non-sexual affection from sexual affection. It needs to be a distinct difference. Yeah. And you need to operate in that way to show your girl, to show your lady, to show your woman, I love you. I value you. I, I adore you. I, I love being with you. I love your presence. And I love the way you make me feel. Yeah. I mean, we had a, a, um, a couple, the husband, you know, his sex drive was very high and um, they were intimate like three, four times a week. And it became a problem. And she said, he doesn't allow me the time to miss him, to want him, to desire Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Right? Like that is real, Mm -hmm. you know, and and desire for husbands is so important. Mm -hmm. It's important for us too, but men want to be desired. Yes. They want to know that we want them. Right, right. Right. But if you don't even give us time to desire you, You'll be pressing for that. But if you make some tweaks, be like, you know what? Let me give a little more non-sexual affection. Yes. Yes. We love that. Like that makes me want to be on Shannon because he's loving on me all day doing things that it's not, does not make me feel like an object all the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just very important. And that touch, believe it or not, is therapeutic. Yeah. Yes. It's therapeutic. When yeah. you feel the touch of your spouse, mm-hmm. when you feel that, when you touch me, right. when you were just touching me just now, mm-hmm. in my mind, I was saying, that feels so good. Right, right, right. right? So just really get into that, guys. Right now, ladies, <laughs> you got to get freak, nasty, but just jiggly. Drop it low, drop it low, low, low. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> real old. That was low, a, low, low. Drop it low. Uh, um, twerking and just uh, you know thongs in the in the, uh, in high heels. It. Cook it. Bust you gotta it. bust it. Wop all of that. <laughs> all of that. Yes. Like you, like ladies. Sometimes Init- initiate. Listen, listen. Let me tell you. You sometimes, ladies. Yeah. Y'all getting lazy. Y'all, y'all getting comfortable. Com- As my father used to say, my Jamaican father, comfortable. Mm-hmm. Y'all getting too comfortable with, uh, with, you know, you know, I know life is happening and you got kids and you got the job and you got, but you got to leave room because men, this is a part of how we are made up. It's a part yeah. of how women are made up as well, but more so men. And if you leave us to our own devices, mm-hmm. if you just leave us out there hanging. Because listen, even though we talked about men having that non-sexual affection, the reality is, is that is how men emote through mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. That is not a men, you know, poor guys. You know, you guys get labeled as dogs and that's all you want is all sex. All we want is sex. Yeah. Right. And the reality is, is. Yes, 
But that's because how God made you, not because you're just being a doll. Right. Right. And that's the difference. Right. And that is a need. It's right. not just a want. It is a need right. for a man to release in that way. Right. And it's our job to provide that. Provide that right. And not saying that if your spouse cheats, that that makes it right. But we create, we can create an environment mm-hmm. for our spouse to at least, if nothing else, have the mindset to want to go outside the marriage because we are not meeting that need. And and even if he doesn't step outside physically with another human being, uh, uh, migrating somewhere else, migrating to pornography, to porn- mm-hmm. migrating to just fantasy and right. escaping into this this dark hole of fantasy. You don't want to you don't want him to make that decision and you don't want to create an environment. You don't want him to make the decision and you don't want to create an environment that makes it possible for the decision to be made. Cuz what did listen, that's that's been uh, one of our challenges. Our sex drives it's different. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it made Shannon question himself like what is wrong with me? Why don't you want me? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, listen, it's not easy. We get it. It's not easy. But it's what we signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's what we signed up for. It is what you signed up for. Lord have mercy. All right. You need to have a, a regular devotional experience. Now, for Shirley and I, that looks different. Yes. For Shirley and I, that looks different. But you need to uh, find that place to regularly commune with each other with God. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like for, for you. you. Right. 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 Whatever that looks like for you. But it is something when your wife knows that she's being covered. Yes. It's something, guys, when your wife knows that you are connecting with God and seeking God from a standpoint of family leadership. Mm -hmm. That is a turn on. Yes, it is. Right? It is an aphrodisiac. And so you must get to a point that you are having regular devotional experiences with your your wife. Mm -hmm. Date night. You're going to, you guys, now that we're connected to you guys, listen, we are excited about uh, uh, inviting you guys to our late night date nights virtually. And, and, and as soon as we are able to travel and lift and be lifted, we're looking to, uh, to, to ask, you know, you know, hoping that Pastor Seth believes in us enough to come out there and do some work with you guys uh, 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 in person. And we are going to do our late night date night. Date nights are so important. We just had two date nights in a row, just monumental. Yeah. And we had so much fun yes. being together and picking movies. And it's hard to choose mm-hmm. right now during COVID. COVID. Mm-hmm. But but like the, the one, you know, just something that you guys could do too. So we... Um, or we went to a restaurant, ordered the food. Didn't, we didn't go in. They brought the food out to us and we brought our iPad with us. And then we found a theater and we went and we parked in the theater parking lot mm-hmm. and chose a movie. And we had our snacks 
Um, after we ate our meal, we mm-hmm. had our movie theater snacks. Movie theater snacks, and, baby. And um, we watched. We sat in the parking lot. We ate, watched the movie. And it was and it was so much it, fun. It was, it was we were just fun. hanging out. We just did a little laughing. people watching. Yeah, yeah. You know, she was trying to go to sleep a little bit, and I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, wake no, up, right. wake up, wake up. No, but we had fun. Yes. Um, and then so we we we'll let you guys know um, uh, when um, uh, we'll let Pastor Seth know uh, when we're going to do the late night date night review because we review we want to review that date night. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the, well, I won't I won't give it away. But the food was, uh, and for us, that's not good. <laughs> we are definitely foodies, and um, and so uh, so. But date nights, yeah, spend time together, date each other, but also spend time Our apart. Hearts. Yes, get a life. Yes, guys, don't nobody want the wives don't want you. Well, it depends on the wife. Well, it depends now. It depends, but yeah. you all up under what you doing? Where we going? What you doing? Where you or or, or when? Why, they, or, why, why are you going here? What you? Do? Your wife is a grown woman, and your husband is a grown man, right? And you don't need to be wondering about their comings, and as long as they're being respectful, and you don't have a reason not to trust them. Then where they go and what they do is their business, and let them enjoy life, hobbies, well, we share. friends. We share with one another. Yeah, we yeah. don't say we share with one another what we're what we're doing. The point is, right? I'm saying is I'm saying don't be so caught up in it where you now are uh, having a problem with them spending right. time outside of you, right? Yes. And then you're feeling neglected because they're spending time outside of right. you. That I meant it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so. Just look, get a life, get a life, spend some time apart. Mm-hmm. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody going nowhere. You'll be all right. And then we have this approach we call, we'd like to call seek God's face and not his hand. Mm-hmm. I want you to see that again. Seek God's face and not his hand. Mm-hmm. And that's biblical. That is biblical. Because many times when we are going through problems and we're having our challenges and adversities in life, we want to seek God's hand like, God, fix this. God, fix this. Do this for me. Do that for me. Mm-hmm. That's seeking his hand. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says, seek his hand and that's one of the things that for me really um that's where i begin to see my life change because my mentor ronnie vanderhorst i was sharing with him some struggles and, and battles that i was having and he was asking me some questions and i was answering the questions and he said i see what your problem is and i was like what's what is it pops because i call him pops He said, you're seeking God's hand and not his face. And he said, I need you to seek his face. I need you to just be honest, expose yourself to him, pour your heart out to him, 
Talk to him um, about your desires. Stop always asking him for, for, for something. Like sh just share your heart with him and then listen for him to share his heart with you. Mm -hmm. And I started doing it and, and, and he said, be more thankful and grateful. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that. And I mean, to this day, I still, I still do that. And of course I ask God for whatever I, I want, but I am so much more grateful and thankful. Mm -hmm. And I look at all that God has done, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if God hasn't, that's one thing you and I say, if God doesn't do another thing for us. He has literally, literally. done enough. Literally, literally. And he can't so possibly do any more. We, we stand on seeking God's face hearing what god what is it that you want for me right instead of me always telling you what i want you to do for me the, no no one wants a relationship where somebody is always asking for stuff mm -hmm. hey man let me get a couple of dollars can, you, can i borrow the such and such after a while you don't want to be around that person and thank god he's not human and he yeah. doesn't get to the point where he's like listen i don't even want to be around you right, right? and so Learn to want and want to know what God wants. Mm -hmm. Want to know what God is thinking about. Want to know what God has for your life. Right. right. Get to the point where you're seeking God's face and not His hand. Mm -hmm. Listen, guys, we have we have enjoyed this amazing, amazing time. Um, uh, the anatomy of an affair. Um, has been um, has been an, a, a, a concept that came to us um, and we wanted to be able to help you grow your marriage by giving you a little insight into those things and those areas that could cause you to slip up. Listen, guys, listen, we have had such an amazing time with you guys. Relove family. Thank you, Pastor Thank Seth, you. Thank you, for Pastor having Seth. us. Uh, and allowing us to go over with you the anatomy of an affair. And we, it is our prayer that you do not have to experience what we experience, that you uh, are able to live and have a marriage that is full of life and nurturing, and you don't have to go down this road, right, babe? Yes. I mean, you know, the, the, the desire is that you avoid, we, sh we share with you our hot moment, our hot right? Moments. So that you do not have to go down the same road. And listen, at the end of the day, it's all a decision. It's a choice that we have the power to make. Yes, ma'am. So once again, thank you, Pastor thank Seth. You. We love, we thank love you. you. Guys. Take God care. Bless you. Blessings.